Welcome to the In Your 20s podcast, where we figure out what the we're doing in our 20s. Hey guys, I hope you are well. It's your girl Tina with an H back with another episode of In Your 20s. I feel as though we haven't done a dating episode in a minute. I don't know why, but I'm just feeling that way. And so I was determined to have someone talk about dating on today's episode. And who better than the host of Drinks First if you have attended her parties or have not attended her parties in the New York City area? I don't know what you're doing. But today we are joined by Ariana Nathani. Ariana has a podcast called Drinks First, which started back in the late fall, winter of 2019 and has only progressed past and has gone even further than the podcast space and she's entered the event space. During this episode, we talk about her show, Anonymous Dating, Going on Blind Dates, Why You Should Always Say Yes to a Second Date, her parties, how she's grown from just being a podcaster to hosting these really cool and insane events and so much more. Granted, I'm not going to lie to you guys, my voice sounds a little straggly during this recording. I was losing my voice. I had partied too hard. My apologies. But hopefully you can look past that or I guess listen past that and enjoy the episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. We are honored and joined by Ariana Nathani, who is the host of Drinks First, which is a New York dating podcast. And she's turned this podcast into a whole entire like event party scene. I was able to attend a party last summer and she's just absolutely shooting the shit and killing the game. Ariana, how are you? It's so nice to have you on. Wow, thank you so much. I feel absolutely gassed up. That's great. <laughs> but it's so true. You've done like such an amazing job. I really appreciate that. I mean, it it feels very weird hearing it come from someone else, but you make it sound very glamorous. <laughs> and I bet there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes, which we're going to get into. But to tell the listeners who might not be as familiar with you, How old are you? And what's a random fun fact that you've learned in your 20s? Yeah, I'm 25. And a random fun fact, I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of dating. In 2014, there was a Tinder match in Antarctica. Wait, like you matched with someone in Antarctica? No, like I didn't. But like there was a match on Tinder in Antarctica, which is like one of the least populated places in the world. Like literally... (laughs) I was going to say something so messed up and I'm not going to say it just because I never want anyone to take that sound bite. But like, how many people are in Antarctica? Five? Like, that's literally what I'm saying. I'm like, it was apparently some guy who was working on a base, like a scientific base on Antarctica. And then a woman who was like a 45 minute helicopter away. Like, I don't know, it happened in 2014. I'm sure Tinder can now be like, we've matched on every single continent. But I'm like, I thought that was pretty That's also so (laughs) wild. And I think Tinder was, what was it? I think it was created in 2012. Yeah. So that's like pretty early on. There might've been matches since then. Wow. Okay. Granted, hmm, maybe I should set my miles a little farther. See if I can get to Antarctica. (laughs) But Ariana, so your podcast, I think it's absolutely amazing. So drinks first. It is basically, and you can totally describe it better than me. I know that. It's a dating podcast about New York City's, I also love this wording, kind of eligible. (laughs) Like, where does the kind of fit in? Like, are they in complicated relationships, situationships? 
No, it was just kind of like tongue in cheek. The fact that like everybody is eligible in their own right. And like, there's not one thing that determines you being like more eligible than someone else. So like, we're all kind of eligible, you know? Kind of eligible until I get that ring on my left finger, left hand (laughs) ring finger. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like something I came up with as I was like, creating the podcast really didn't know if it would stick didn't know if it would work seems to be working and all of your guests are anonymous right yeah so I interview anonymous singles based in New York City they can be any age any race any sex doesn't matter the only thing is like you gotta be single and that's with an asterisk right because that's single is different for different kinds of people but you have to be single and you have to be based in New York and my listeners can match with my guests So if you're listening to my podcast and you are interested in the person talking about themselves, then you have a chance to be able to match with them and actually meet them in person. So it's just like a new way to also date without a little bit of bias and kind of get rid of that dating app fatigue. So yeah, that's a bit about drinks first. Dating app fatigue. I mean, I'm always on the apps. I tell myself, oh, I'm going to take a break. Literally, you can find me before bed every night swiping. And just seeing. It's addicting. It's like an endorphin rush for most people. It's like playing a game. 1000%. So I was on TikTok the other day and I forget what her name is, but she's in her early 20s, goes to Columbia, and maybe she's popping up in your feed too. And she's just going on all these fantastic dates with all of these rich men. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen her profile before. Yeah. And I think she's only using Hinge. And so literally after I saw that TikTok, I went, I know what I have to do. I went on to Hinge and I upped my age to 40, like about for the dating pool. Yeah. So I was like, if she's getting Jeep rides, vacations in the Hamptons, yeah. I want that too. I can do it. I, I have a feeling her age range is above 40 for sure. It has to. Like, it has to be. Like, there aren't that many men making that kind of money under the age of 40 and like anything. Exactly. Especially like regardless, New York City and with these inflation rates, they can still afford that. With these gas prices, please. A Jeep? A Jeep guzzles gas. A Jeep? A Jeep in this economy? Absolutely Could not. not be me. So as you're interviewing these people, like, has there ever been, like, an odd dater? Like, have they told you some crazy, wild stories that you're like, holy fuck, I don't even know if I can publish this or not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like to choose people who are interesting. Some of them are also not the most eligible people. So that's why it's like kind of eligible. Like, I had somebody come on the podcast who I thought was honestly, a bit of like a narcissist and a crazy person. But his stories were just so entertaining. And it's one of my most listened to episodes. He talks a bit about his open relationship, no shame on open relationships, definitely think they can work for people. It was a situation for him that it was like, I think a bit inequitable for his then girlfriend, they ended up breaking up, no shocker there. (laughs) But like, he was very open about his kind of other sex capades and his, he had very like right leaning political views. So just like a very strong personality. Some of the things he said, I was like, you are absolutely an insane person. But like, this is energy. So like, I'm going to put it into the ether. And you're anonymous anyway. So like, nobody's ever harassed him or figured out who he is. But you know, I've had guests like that, where it's just like, Oh, shit, you are insane. (laughs) And you have to kind of like, 
you have to remove your viewpoints from the conversation so that way you can like yeah just get all the information out of them exactly you have to like remove your own biases and opinions to be able to have conversations with people so they can open up to you and have like open and honest conversation because anyway that's what you want like I don't want somebody pandering to me and my views on my own podcast like that's not interesting every single person will Mm -hmm. be the same so it's fun to talk to people who are completely like totally different from me and who I am and what my life is like. Has that guy had any success after coming on the show? Like, has he gone on a couple dates here and there with some of your listeners? I mean, surprisingly, there were people interested in him and that was scary for me, (laughs) but I was like, okay, like you do what you want to do. So after the episode comes out, someone listens to it. They just DM the podcaster email. Yeah. So there's a Google form that you can fill out that asks a few questions. In the early days, I used to just do DMing, but then it got too overwhelming. So there's a form now. Yeah. And so the podcast, it started when? Like, was it 2020, 2021? It was October of 2019. 2019. Okay. I've been at it for a while. while. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been in this game for a bit. It's uh... (laughs) a. I was never like a podcast fanatic. I was never that kind of girly. I just had the idea after I graduated college. I'm from New York, born and raised. So when I moved back to New York, I found myself having the same conversations with a lot of my friends who like grew up here, but also the same conversations with my friends from college who moved to the city and people in other, just it didn't matter if they were man, woman, anything in between, like whatever their preferences were, it didn't matter. Everybody was having trouble dating. It's like, why is dating so hard? Why are the apps so tiring? Why am I getting ghosted? Like this was happening for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking at my friends, like I'm having this conversation over and over and over again. And I'm like, I like to think my friends are eligible. They're smart and ambitious and attractive Mm -hmm. and interesting people. Like, why is it so hard? And I'm sure that you have friends who are exactly the same way. So I'm like, why is it so hard for like-minded people to connect? And I think that just the system that we date in currently is just inherently flawed and that I I had a different idea to kind of like just provide a different solution. I started it completely as a hobby and it just gained traction and people started caring about it, which is really cool. When did you decide to like take the podcast IRL and like start doing these events? Because I went to one, it was at Short Stories. It was like the red light, green light kind of like theme. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that shit. It was, I think, on a Wednesday, and I begged my roommate. I was like, please come to this with me. Like, I need you to come. And she was like, fine, I'll go. Best Wednesday night we've ever had. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that. That's so sweet. That was a fun party. That was one of my first events, too. So it's definitely grown since then. Mm -hmm. I started the podcast pre-COVID, and it just so happened that, like, obviously COVID happened and people really found other new ways to connect. And, you know, luckily my podcast was already in place, but I think by 2020, summer of 2020, everybody was just exhausted about interacting like digitally. And I had the opportunity, actually a drinks brand had reached out to me and they were like, have you ever thought about throwing an event? Like, would you want to try and do this with us? And, you know, I was like, why not? I have a community of people who are hankering to meet in real life. Let's just see what happens if I bring this into the real world. And it was successful. I 
threw my first event in May of 2021. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Summer of 2021 when things were opening up. So I threw my first event at Soho House in May of 2021. It wasn't like a full-blown party because there were still a lot of COVID restrictions in place. Like it was a panel and kind of like a more mingling thing after, but they loved it. And they told me like Soho House loved it. They were like, we would love to do more of these with you. And just seeing like such a, I don't know, an established group be like, we like what you're doing and we see value in what you're doing. That kind of just gave me the confidence to be like, okay, yeah, I have something to offer here. And I have an audience that is niche and really cares about like wanting to connect with people in a new and different way. And I have a space to be able to provide that. So I just kind of ran with it. Like other venues and brands and stuff started reaching out and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's throw a party. Let's have people meet. And it's kind of just like spiraled out from there. I've done events that are 15 to 20 people, like intimate dinners that like every hour, every minute of the dinner is like meticulously planned. The guest lists are really curated. Mm -hmm. And then I've done parties at the Jane at the Williamsburg Hotel with like a thousand plus people showing up. And the energy in the room is just feral. It's like (laughs) people are, they're coming knowing that they're here for this like party that's run by this like dating podcast events. Like it's not explicitly a singles event but it's like you're going there with the intention that like a majority of these people are probably single (laughs) exactly and I think unfortunately we just like have a hard time even dating was hard before COVID Mm -hmm. after COVID like people don't know how to interact socially people don't know how to talk people don't know how to text that's why people keep asking for snapchats which is the reddest flag of them all I'm like we're too old to be using snapchat like we're too old that's the thing if you are like 18 listening to this podcast which it's called in your 20s but by all means please keep listening to it go ahead have your snapchat But our big age of literally, if you're graduated from college, if you decide to attend school and you are still using Snapchat at the age of like 24, 25, if you graduated around then, why? Why? Look, I love Snapchat with my friends, but- And for the memories to save. Oh yeah. But if a guy asks me for a Snapchat, I'm like, I don't have one. The funniest thing. So I was out like last Saturday and some guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, are you Tina? And I, I was like, oh, here we go. I didn't know. He didn't look recognizable at all. So I'm like, yeah, I'm being a complete bitch. I will fullheartedly say I was being a bitch. And he goes, oh, like I'm insert name here. I go, okay. And he goes, yeah, like I used to talk to your roommate. I used to date her. And I go, what's your name again? And then he said it. It all clicked for me. I was like, holy fuck, he glowed up. This man used to live in Connecticut. He lives in New York now. And he's just like, no more glasses. He got a haircut finally. And I was like, wait, she needs to get back with him. And I go, oh, maybe you should text her because I love playing devil's advocate. My roommate had said to me, I never want to see this guy again. Not for any reason, but she's the type when once she's done talking to someone, she's done, wants them out of her life. Which understandably, I'm absolutely the opposite. So I was like, go ahead and text her. He goes, text her? Like, no, like, let's Snapchat her. The way, the look of disgust that was on my face. I went, dude, you're two years older than me. Like, so he's 26, 27. And like, you're going to use Snapchat as a means of communication. (laughs) 
And then I finally saw her like the next day and I go, oh yeah, did you get that Snapchat? She goes, of course I did. And I didn't respond because it was a Snapchat. Yeah, literally. He only communicates with me through Snapchat. And I go, "Mm, yep, nope. Huge red flag, huge red flag. Biggest red flag. Are there any other red flags, by the way, that you've like witnessed or noticed (laughs) since doing the show? I mean, like any guy who asks for your Snapchat, like obviously red flag. There's a lot. I think a lot of people will say things as the baseline is like, oh, if you're rude to a waiter or like, you know, or somebody who's like working in the service industry, I think red flags can mean different things for a lot of different people. You know, some people are really finicky. I'll see things on TikTok where people are like, oh, red flag is like, he doesn't walk on the outside of the sidewalk. You know, (laughs) like, I'm like, okay, that's you know like I don't know like that's like we're getting really really granular here yeah I understand the sentiment but I'm like there's a spectrum for these things right I didn't realize that that was an actual thing up until like a year ago and it's because people are like openly saying this where I'm like oh now I like would appreciate if they were to do that but it's such a small thing I don't even think I would realize if that was happening to be honest neither would I unless they were be like oh no let me grab like they physically grabbed my waist to be like, please. Yeah, if they like made like a, a concerted effort, but I'm like, I wouldn't have any idea. I think a lot of people love talking about like red flags, green flags, deal breakers and rules when it comes to dating. And I just don't think any of those really exist. Everything's a case by case basis. So when you have like people who are quote unquote dating experts coming on, totally valid people listen to podcasts to get advice and things like that but I truly believe there's no such thing as a dating expert if you were an expert at dating you probably (laughs) dating and if you're not dating then you're out of the game so how do you know what's happening that's so true so true so I think when it comes to me for example my friends will always ask for like dating advice and I'm like y'all are really asking me the girl who has never been in a relationship picks and chooses her standards depending on the guy like for this advice and they're like oh you listen to a lot of dating podcasts and I was like yeah but you have to understand these people are like interviewing others based off of those people's experiences and like what works for someone in New York City might not work for the exact same person who's in Kansas City it's completely different dating world wherever you are and it's also the ones who like and I'm not trying to be ageist here but it's like a 50-year-old woman talking to me about dating. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because when she was dating in her 20s is a lot different than how dating in your 20s is now. Yeah, I mean, even talking about people who might be in their 30s and are, you know, have dating podcasts or talk about these things, like people in their 30s, like didn't have dating apps as ingrained into their like dating lives as we did. Every year things are changing with technology. So it's just so hard. Like somebody who might run a dating podcast who's white is going to have a totally, totally different experience Mm -hmm. than you and I. And my experience is going to be totally different from your experience. We might have more things that there's common ground on. But like what I realized also and a lot of why I started my podcast was like I felt like there was a voice missing for one kind of people Mm -hmm. in their earlier 20s and two like people of color like so much of the dating scene and dating gurus and dating podcasters and 
influencers, they're all, a lot of them are white. They're mostly white. I was going to say a majority of them are white. (laughs) Like there are very few that I can like, and I think TikTok has kind of birthed like a new generation of those people, which luckily like there's more diversity in that space. But when I started like three years ago and TikTok was not really a thing, there just wasn't that kind of representation. So it's hard to hear dating advice from somebody who has a completely different experience from you. It just doesn't apply. It doesn't apply at all. And that's the thing is with like, I'm so intentional now with the podcast that I do listen to. And like who, for example, I want to have on the show because there was like a couple weeks back, I had the Black Genzennials on. And as we were talking during the recording and then after, I was like, we are all living the same dating life. But I never knew that because like, I would not talk about dating with people that look like me. I would talk to some of my friends about it, but they were white and they'd be like, oh, if you think that guy's cute, like just go up to him. And like, no, we've got a vet. We've got to see if he's even into a race that's not his race, yeah. you know? So it's those kinds of experiences where that's why I find your podcast to be so amazing and so interesting because of the fact that there's that- Anonymity. Thank you. Because it strips that away. It's all you know, they might be female identifying, male identifying, or somewhere in between. And that's it. And their age. That's all you know. So it's like, okay, you have to actually listen to what they're saying Mm -hmm. before you see what they look like. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, people come on the podcast and talk about their experiences dating as somebody who's black, somebody who's trans, somebody who is a 30-year-old male. Like, everybody has different experiences. But I think so much of dating has become increasingly visual. And especially with apps, like you're not getting a person's full personality. Like I take two seconds to decide whether or not I want to swipe right or left on someone. Yeah. And if I had met that person in person and vice versa, like I could have had an attraction to them and a connection that is not quantifiable with dating apps. So that's also part of why I started my podcast. Amazing. Also, I know we've like been going around everywhere really with this conversation, but there was this one question I did want to ask you about your events Mm -hmm. for the people who are interested and are like, Ooh, maybe I, maybe I want to go to one of these. Like what can you expect? Let's say if you were to host a party at the gym, like what's going down? Yeah. So at those large parties, I like them to be free. So I want there to be no barrier to entry for anybody to come in. Growing up in New York, like the chain, very honestly, was not my favorite place to go out. And there's a stigma of it being the kind of place that you go, like, when you first get to the city and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, You know, I was apprehensive at first because I try and be pretty picky about where I throw my events. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in charge of the music and I'm in charge of the guest list. Like, all they're giving me is their space and their staff. They have been so amazing in supporting me and like all the events that I want to throw there. And that's basically it. Somebody who's coming to the event is trusting me with the music and the vibe and the people. And if, I don't know, you're listening to what I'm talking about and it resonates with you, you might decide to come to one of my events and meet people there who also resonated with what I was talking about. You know, so I've been really happy with how the events, especially at the Jane, have turned out because they are incredibly diverse. I am so happy with seeing the kinds of people who show up 
and feel comfortable being in that space. And they come, everybody is so interesting and attractive and kind. For the most part, I've very rarely had any issues with anybody coming to my events. And the energy is just different because people are coming with the intention of meeting. So you're not just like walking into a club where you're going to just be dancing with your friends and that's it. And that could also be the night you have, you know, it's not perfect for everyone on these large scale events. I can't micromanage every connection and everything happening for people. And you can't like grab people and say you and you and like talk or something. Yeah, absolutely not. But like, honestly, throughout the events, every time it's just a whirlwind for me, I'm like totally in a dizzy, like just making sure that everything's going okay. You know, I, I'll make like TikTok videos about them afterwards and I'll get comments from people being like, well, this wasn't my experience. I didn't meet anyone. And it's like, okay, well, maybe next time. Like, <laughs> it, it's a party. I'm not going to guarantee anything, but just for the general atmosphere, I think a lot more people come willing to meet other people. And from what I've seen in my friends and their feedback and their friends and their feedback is that people come like in this kind of feral, like, I want to like maybe go home with someone tonight. Like I maybe want to meet someone. People are like making out all over the place. (laughs) It's fun. It's just like a lot of fun. It's very like anti kind of post COVID. Like I know we're not post COVID. I literally just had COVID like a day ago, but it's very kind of just that energy of people wanting to connect in person and being somewhat physical and being open to meeting new people. So that's what I'm hoping I'm creating you know, some people will have different experiences. I can attest, like when I went to your event at Short Stories, it was last summer. It was, yeah, it was summer because I know I wasn't wearing a lot of clothes. It was last summer. And my friend, she was like, what are we going to expect? And I said to her, because she's someone who doesn't like the apps, but at the same time, she'll like be a little hesitant when people come up to her because she's like, what are their intentions? Yeah. And so I said to her, let's go into this open-minded let's not say like oh we're gonna bring someone home because also we live in new jersey no one is going to new jersey on a wednesday night if they don't live there it is the story it's always the story but let's just see if we can like make a new friend or something it turned out to be such a great night like i became friends with the dj she met someone over there like and he was a model or something and we were just like we left it being saying we're so happy that we got out of our comfort zones to have that kind of experience. And I haven't been back yet just because, well, one, I go home a lot. And two, you always have these events when I'm home and I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. And you had, um, what was one of the themes? Like bring your hot friend. Girl, let me just say from a marketing standpoint, I was like, that is some good marketing right there. Thank you. <laughs> it's such a great theme. Thank you. I mean, honestly, what I learned with that was like that wording resonates really well with women obviously you know not as well for men I mean they like get it but it's like they don't get it (laughs) they get it but they don't get it then they're like wait what is this you know like oh how am I supposed to know if my friend's hot like (laughs) I'm like okay come on we're in like 2022 but I mean my events attract a lot of women which is really cool I think in the nightlife space that's like really tough to do and more recently like I would say my events are usually Mm -hmm. like pretty balanced 50 50 it does attract a lot of women, which I think is a good sign. It, it's a safe environment that girls want to be a part of. So men, women, if you're listening, I mean, also 
she's they's gays like it does not matter like I just had a party for pride last Thursday and I couldn't go because I had COVID (laughs) oh my how did that how did that make you feel like are you a person that likes to just like have all the details or are you kind of like okay I can step back oh absolutely no it was very (laughs) like weird for me because I tested positive that morning and I was like oh "Oh, fuck like yeah (laughs) I've never planned an event that I haven't been to so Mm -hmm. it, it was very very disorienting for me but Luckily for me, this is the one event that I had thrown with some of my other friends because they have queer dating podcast called Mind the Gape. And as a cishet woman, I didn't want to throw a pride party. <laughs> I was like, that's not my space. But I, my friends approached me and they were like, let's throw a party together because you have the skill set to do so. And we want to do something for pride. And I was like, I'm happily going to support you yeah. guys on that. So I was sick, but they handled it. We welcome everyone at all of our events. That's kind of the vibe. Hopefully. That's amazing. <laughs> 1000% it is a safe space. Like I left there. Was I drunk? Yes, the drinks were great. And I made it back. Like I took the path home. And that's when you guys Brave know. Brave woman. Brave woman. I, sh- me and my roommate, we looked at each other and we looked at the Uber prices and we said, mm, no, we can do it. We can make it. <laughs> and so, so you've interviewed so many people. And like you, like you said, sometimes people have very differing views from you. What are some things that you've noticed across the dating sphere when it comes to like a first date? Are there certain conversation points people should be hitting or are there certain ones that maybe they should save for like a third date? Like you're not going to ask, what are we on a first date? Yeah. That's too intense. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I feel like a lot of people like to dictate rules, like Some people will say, like, don't talk about your ex on a first date, right? If that's where the conversation is naturally leading, it's okay. I think as long as the conversation is flowing and you could be talking about anything, as long as it's something that's interesting to both of you, I think the biggest thing on a first date is making sure that, one, you are asking questions to learn about the other person, but also you're taking time to listen to them. Like, there shouldn't be one person who's overpowering the entire conversation you know and that goes for everyone there are plenty of dates I've been on where it's a little awkward and I spend the entire time talking because I can talk to a rock and then I'm like was that a good date or did I just spend the entire time talking I think it's really important to figure a balance between like giving and taking and a first date is also very much like you are trying to figure out if you like that person as well. It's not just like, I'm going on a first date, I'm nervous, I really want to impress this person, and I hope it goes well. It's like very much for you as well to figure out if that person is compatible with you. So I think it's very natural to have nerves and be excited and want to impress somebody and have things go well. But it's a two-way street. Every relationship is a two-way street. So if it's not working out, like, like if you don't feel a vibe, don't force it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like, that's okay. I totally get you on the whole vibe check thing. Like first with the questions, I was just talking to my one friend about this because we both went to school for journalism. So like we're used to always asking questions. Like that is our personalities. And also with this podcast, it's really like, okay, I'm always asking questions. So we were talking about first date experiences and she goes, No, now it's to the point where I stop talking and stop asking questions at a point because I'm like, are they just going to 
respond to me or are they actually going to be an active listener and like ask me questions back and not just like a oh what about you like you need to bring something to the table and also the fact that you said it's just as important for you to think like oh do I like them do I want to go on another date with this person because I think what early 2000s rom-coms have taught us was that we always have to put on our best show our best personality to convince this person why we could potentially like have a future together maybe like be in a relationship friends whatever when it's like absolutely not like I don't care who you are what we're talking about (laughs) that sounds so fucked up I'm just like I want to ask you guys I want to ask you questions but also I'm going to pay attention to how I feel during the date if there are silences where I feel uncomfortable and I'm like itching to just ask another question I know that's the person that's not going to be for me because it's like why do I have to completely ask the questions all the time yeah and I I think definitely think there's like a balance and there are some people who this is also I I don't know if this is a hot take or not but I think almost everyone is deserving of a second date oh okay please expand on this unless something really horrific happens or you know off the bat that like this is not gonna work and there are some dates that I've been on, like, within the first 30 minutes, I'm like, fuck no, I'm out of here. And then there are some dates where, like, I've just had really bad experiences with guys, and I'm like, I'm never seeing you again. But if the date was just okay, I say go on a second date. And I know that is maybe a little controversial, but giving somebody one chance to show you who they are is a lot of pressure. And some people can't perform under that pressure. Some people are slow burn, you know? We have to understand that, like, certain people have certain ways of, you know, communicating and talking and showing themselves. And some people might be really worth getting to know over a course of two or three dates. (laughs) Guys, I literally was giving Ariana a look as she was like, everyone should get a second date. I was like, ugh. I don't know. There are exceptions to that. There really are. But like, if you had a decent time with someone and you're like, I don't really know, I would say go on a second date. Just to confirm those feelings. Yeah, exactly. People can surprise you and you might be totally right. Your intentions off the bat might have been like, yeah, okay, that was definitely not for me. But, you know, maybe I'll give it another shot or like, "Eh, I don't really know how I feel about this person. I don't really know how they would like fit into my life or my whatever like you never know Mm -hmm. I'm currently in a relationship and the first yeah how'd you meet him did you meet him from the podcast no I didn't meet him from the podcast I met him off of Bumble oh okay yeah and the first date we went on was good it was a good first date was it the best first date of my entire life no was I (laughs) like pining over him in my room after the date happened no Did we go on a second date and did I learn more about him? And I think this is also coming from me and I'm, I feel like you're similar when you have a a large personality and you're able to talk. And I think a lot of women in New York are like this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of easy to, I don't know, kind of make up your mind about something and move on. I gave it a a second date because I was like, I had a good date. It wasn't like the most amazing thing off in the planet earth. (laughs) but I had a good time and then every date we went on it just got better and better and better so 
that's, that's why <laughs> that's why I'm like don't give up on the first shot I see a lot of friends like go on dates and then they start nitpicking things and they're like well I don't know if that person is for me and he did this and he did that and like he didn't text me this way and whatever like you know things aren't always gonna go exactly as planned but I think this comes back to the ethos of the podcast just like being completely open-minded people will really surprise you girl you got me over here pondering I'm like "Hmm, should I go on that second date should I like text this guy and be like hey want to go on another date yeah literally I'm all about backsliding is that the terminology like to go back to someone for like oh let me see if maybe another date will work out it's backsliding if it's not I'm coining it it's backsliding like you heard it here first probably not I probably got it from somewhere what's my first time hearing it and I love it so that's great think about it statistically like on dating apps we are like swiping 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 to the next one Some people you matched with might be really great and you just kind of drop the ball on the conversation. Fuck it. Send them a message. They're obviously still on Hinge also. Like, (laughs) we're all still here. Just, like, send them a message. Be like, hey, you can make it funny. Be like, sorry, I was in the shower. You know, and it's clearly (laughs) been, like, two years. (laughs) There are opportunities. Or if you went on one date with someone and it didn't really pan out and maybe you didn't hear from them or you're interested or the ball has just kind of been dropped like what's the worst that can happen the worst that can happen is you are exactly where you just were where that person is like not a character in your life wow I'm really like girl I've been creating a roster in my head of people that I'm like all right it's time to backslide my backslide roster for the most part if a guy's single I don't think he will be like turned off by hearing from you you know yeah it doesn't have to be aggressive either it can just be like hey, I saw this thing and thought about you. Or it's been a minute. How are you? It's been a minute. How are you? I really like that one. Yeah, there's like, why not? You know, we're constantly searching for the next best thing, but you could have had the thing that was the best for you. Maybe it wasn't the best for you in that moment, but it might be now. You have no idea. It's all about timing. So with this in mind, do you believe in right person, wrong time? I think there are multiple right people for somebody. Like, so much of dating and relationships is about psychology and about the amount of time you spend with someone, the proximity you are in with them, like, proven that you will like somebody more the more time you spend with them and the closer they are to you, like, proximity-wise. So you really think that your soulmate, your one person, if that even exists in the entire world, is also at your college, (laughs) is also, also lives in Soho in Manhattan, there are billions of people in the world. I don't believe that there's one right person for you. There's definitely like a right person at the right time because that person was there at the right time. That makes them the right person. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like that person you could have met at another point in time and they could still be the right person for you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there are rules. I really don't. I don't believe in these anecdotes. And I don't believe in soulmates. I think humans can connect with a lot of different kinds of people. So you're like, "Mm, there's no twin flames. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I'm like, you can have a really strong and beautiful relationship with someone. That doesn't mean you don't have the capacity of having that with somebody else. Exactly. Ooh, I really like that. 
And I'm like, Megan and MGK, y'all got multiple twin flames out there. Like, I know what they're doing is like, I can't even look at it. I'm like, your love is gross. We are in some Such weird shape. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to be seeing all of that. Courtney and Travis, great. I assume they're great people. I've never met them. I probably will never meet them, but oh God, the tongues, the picture the of the t- tongues. The tongues, the tongues. I can't. It's like, it goes back to when Camila and Sean Mendez were together and like that video, you know, the video when they were like making out and there was just so much tongue going on. Oh yeah. Cause they were like trying to be funny and it literally, I was like, this is an invasion of privacy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Please, no matter what, if and when I get, not if, I will get a boyfriend eventually or just straight to a husband. My friend said to me the other day, she goes, Tina, you're the type of person that could like get a boyfriend and then you're going to be married in like 30 days and not tell anyone. (laughs) And I I have friends like that. (laughs) I move in such silence. Always know that because I do be posting a lot, a lot of my dirty laundry, but you never know it all. You never, you never know, know the next step. You never know that. You got to keep them guessing. Exactly. One day I'm going to come onto this podcast and be like, so my bridal shower was this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I dead ass have friends like that. Like, I am not going to be surprised, like, when I receive an invite to their wedding after, like, not hearing about them even dating someone. <laughs> like, yep. I think it's just because, one, I'm dramatic. Two, I love a good movie and I love a good plot. So I'm like, this is great for the story of my life. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We love it. You always have to make a narrative. And as we're wrapping up this conversation, you've been such a pleasure to talk to. You said you don't have dating rules. You don't believe in twin flames. So I'm going to ask you about your current relationship. What have you learned from this relationship you're in right now? Well, I mean, I think this is the first place I've even publicly said I'm in a relationship. I didn't know. So when you told me, I was like, whoa. (laughs) I mean, only my friends know like it's not like I'm putting it out there on my I'm not recording podcast episodes right now so like it's not like I've really had a chance to talk about it Mm -hmm. it's and also it's new (laughs) like we've been seeing each other for a few months but it's only been official for like maybe about a month so Mm -hmm. it's very new I definitely think one of the things I've learned is like what I already said was be open-minded and give people a chance some people will show you who they are it might take them a little longer for them to show you who they are. It doesn't always happen right off the bat. And, you know, I'm thankful that I took the chance to get to know somebody a little bit more, even if I didn't think at the moment it was exactly what I wanted and what I needed. Mm-hmm. I think being open-minded to, like, you might have an idea of the person you want to be with, that can really shift and change. And you might say, like, And I say this to everyone, even before I was in a relationship, you're setting a height limit and you're like on hinge, like I'm not going to date anyone shorter than 5'10". You're really going to like count out that one person who might be 5'9 and like not lying about their height, you know, you're going to cut off the- And not lying about their height. Not (laughs) lying about their height. I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the one. (laughs) I'm like, you're really going to cut off somebody at the age of 32 when the person you might- really like might have just turned 33 putting parameters on the way that you date really limits the kind of connections you can have so I think just being open-minded even though you might have an idea of what you like you never know like attraction comes in many different forms and connection comes in many different forms you should be open-minded to being like okay well maybe this person 
is a little shorter than I imagined. Maybe they're a little older than I thought. Maybe I thought that I was going to end up with somebody who's the same religion or same race as me. I understand that being a requirement for some people. It's very much like an ingrained thing for some people. But if it's not for you, I really implore people to be a bit more open-minded when they date. I love that. And that is such great advice to leave us on. Before we go, Ariana, I'd love for you to plug your socials where people can find you, the podcast, possibly go to the events. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having me on. It's truly been so much fun. You can find me, me, my person, (laughs) at ariana.nathani on TikTok and Instagram. You can find Drinks First, my podcast, on Instagram at drinks.first. I post updates about events on there, so on there and on my TikTok for the most part. So follow any of those accounts, follow all of them. You will be able to see updates with me and with the podcast and the events. And if you listen to this, I would love to meet you in person or slide in my DMs. Would love to chat. So Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. And guys, like seriously, if you're in the New York area, maybe even if you're not, maybe if you're trying to do like a week in New York or something, keep up with Ariana and Drinks First because I'm telling you guys, like you need to go to these events. They're such a blast. And thank you, Ariana, again for coming on the show. Guys, thank you for listening and tuning in to another episode of In Your 20s. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, rate us, whatever follow us on instagram at in your 20s that's 20s with a y s not an i e s my name's tina with an h and i'll catch you next wednesday